Well, good morning, everybody. I am excited about this text because I've actually had a ton of fun with it this week. As I rip through this, looking at the unclean spirits in the Bible, I realize there's just certain things you can't preach from a pulpit. So I'm going to encourage you to do your own research. Look up the Nephilites from Genesis 6 and actually learn about the history of the unclean spirits. I promise you, it is not something you're going to hear preach from a pulpit ever because it gets a little juicy. So that might have piqued your curiosity. Maybe, maybe someday we'll do a Bible study around here to dive into it. But instead of going down that rabbit hole, instead we are going to just agree that there is a spiritual world and we all exist in it. Because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And what that means is when we recognize that we are having this um, experience, it means that we are spirits who are going to encounter spiritual warfare. And when we're going to have spiritual war warfare, we need to protect ourselves. And there's a way of doing that by putting on the armor of God and by recognizing that we have power because we have the authority of Jesus Christ in us. And so... I want to just address our culture. Our culture here in the U.S. is one that doesn't really like to acknowledge the spiritual world. We call it like too woo-woo. Or we say that it's something that's a little bit too out there for our comfort. And instead we make like Hollywood movies about it to make it scary. And we, we kind of um, make it something that's just too far away to even make it personal. But what we know from Jesus' day, and we know that in a lot of developing countries still today, the spiritual world is very present. So it wasn't uncommon for Jesus to encounter somebody with an unclean spirit or with a demon within them. In fact, we can count at least seven times in the Gospels where Jesus encounters that unclean spirit and kicks him out of a body. And every time there's an encounter with an unclean spirit, two things are, are um, foundational. One, you never really know who the person is that has the unclean spirit. It's just sort of like an anonymous man or woman. And secondly, the unclean spirit always knows who Jesus is. Always. In fact, they know that Jesus is the one with the authority every single time. So I find it pretty fascinating when we look in the first chapter of Mark, we have Jesus um, being baptized we know that the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Then we know Jesus goes out into the wilderness and is tempted by Satan. And now we have Jesus in the synagogue preaching with this authority, with this power and might. And the first person to ever name Jesus' identity, Jesus' divinity, is a demon, is an unclean spirit. Because this darkness knows that Jesus has already overcome it. So this is where I'd like us to have as our basic concept going into today's text. And as we look at the text and we dive into these eight verses, we're going to see how Jesus uses this authority to teach, he uses it to heal, and he uses it to save. So let's start with the first two verses, 21 and 22, where Jesus taught with authority. It says, Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teachings, for he taught them as having authority, not as the scribes. So this sounds pretty amazing, right? We know that he was doing something different. We know that people were sitting there, you know, wide-eyed watching him. But I want you to think about the word amazing. How many times have you been amazed this week? 
I mean, how many times have you like clicked on Facebook and watched some amazing video, right? We, we often were amazed because amazement is just simply being wowed by something that we can't do. But what this text says is that they were astounded. And when you are astounded, it is not only something that you can't do, it, you're floored because you are noticing something that you didn't think anybody could do. And the way they are listening to Jesus taught, the way the crowd is responding, they know it's something very, very different than anything they've heard from these scribes. And they're utterly astounded by this. See, the scribes had to depend on their knowledge and, and depend on their adherence to the tradition of the day. Everything, especially their interpretation of the first five books of the, the Bible, which are the Torah, everything depended on that tradition. But Jesus challenged that tradition. Jesus came in and he starts sp speaking not on um, secondhand knowledge, not on other people's teaching. Jesus is speaking in a way different. In fact, he would often be quoted in the um, gospel saying, you've heard it was said, but I say to you. Showing that there's a difference in the way that the tradition taught it and the way that Jesus is speaking it. So he spoke not from, with secondhand quotes, but with firsthand authority because he was the creator of the words. So there's a theologian named Tim Keller, and he says it this way. He didn't just clarify something that they already knew or just simply interpret the scriptures in the way teachers of the law did. He, his listeners sensed somehow that he was explaining the story of their lives as the author, and it left them dumbfounded, totally astounded. Let's move on to how Jesus healed with, or healed with authority. The next few verses say this. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out. So here you have Jesus who's preaching in a way that people's jaws are just hanging open, right? And you think the first to respond to this would maybe be one of the scribes or maybe somebody in the synagogue who's like an administrator, somebody who's used to interpreting the law. But the first response comes from this unclean spirit, this demon. So what we have to conclude is there's something deeper going on here. There's something about the, the spiritual world, this warfare that I mentioned, that is taking place. Because as Jesus is, is teaching and preaching, the crowds are sitting there. They're listening to every word. But this demonic realm was actively trying to challenge Christ. So the demon speaks in plural to him. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Jesus is not just a threat to this one individual spirit, but he's literally a threat to all demonic power that inhabits this earth. That's how much power Jesus has. This demon, this unclean spirit, was fully aware that his end was near. And he saw what was happening as Jesus was teaching these crowds. He saw that the, the spiritual nature of Jesus' tone was changing hearts. Jesus' authority was taking the chains on these people and letting them fall to the ground. He was freeing them from the captivity of sin because of the truth that he was speaking to them. And this was a threat 
to the evil amongst him. This was a threat to the demonic world. As Jesus taught with this authority, people were healed. This man who had this unclean spirit within him was healed. This man that had no voice of his own, no name of his own, he owned, he was healed by the power of Christ. And here's the beautiful thing. Today, right now, you and I also can be healed by the power of the word of God. When we let that, those words sink into our soul and when we, we take in those truths and those promises, when we, we receive that power of love that comes from Christ Jesus, this is one of those moments when we don't have to suddenly have the blind see or the lame walk or like instant miracles happen. This healing, this amazing healing can literally just be in our weakness, Christ's strength being made known. This can be the power of us being able to get out of bed one day when all we want to do is stay inside that bed with blankets over our head. It is that healing that comes from Jesus. It is the kingdom of God at hand. So as you're listening to these words today, maybe you're thinking, yeah, right, that's for somebody else. I'm too broken. I'm too sinful. I'm too far from God. I'm too full of shame. But I want you to hear these words. There is nothing that is so unclean in you that the authority of Jesus cannot overcome it. Nothing. So Christ is all you need. It's the power of Jesus that can change your heart, that can offer you hope, that can heal you. And lastly, Jesus saves with authority. They were all amazed and they kept asking one another, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Let me put it real simply. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to overcome the evil in this world. Sin separates us from God. Sin comes from the darkness. Jesus came to overcome it. So whatever mess you've made of your life, and listen, we've all made messes of our lives. Whatever devil you think is living inside of you, guess what? We all got one. Whatever it is that is separating you from Jesus, recognize that it is spiritual warfare that you are encountering. Satan is always, always on the prowl trying to separate us from Christ. Always. And it's, this is exactly why we need Jesus Christ to come to seek us, to save us, to heal us, to teach us, to love us. And as these crowds in the temple watched Jesus command even the evil spirits into submission, they recognized something was very, very different here. I mean, yes, his teachings were impressive. We got that. But he could save a guy that has a demon in him? This is something that perked up their ears. They wanted to know more. Who is this guy? But what do you think about that kind of authority? We often associate authority with some sort of a negative feeling, right? Authority is a powerful thing. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus' fame started to take off because he didn't have a PR team going out and marketing him. No, instead, this undeniable authority was so different, people couldn't help but to share it. 
People couldn't help but to speak it. But Jesus never forces upon us. He never lords it over us. In fact, the Son of Man didn't come to be served. He came to serve you and I, to be a ransom for all of us. So this is no authority that we need to fear. This is authority, as Pastor Jim said, that is one done in love. What's amazing to me is that all power and might had been given to Jesus. And what did he do with it? He used it for good for you and for me. He went to the cross. He died on our behalf to save our souls. And with that same authority, he rose from the dead to guarantee you and I will have a place with him for all of eternity. That's authority and love. So it's with that same authority that he can save us from ourselves. We're often our own worst enemies, aren't we? He can heal our brokenness. We were created to heal. So even when we have broken hearts, they'll heal. Every part of us was made to heal because of his authority. He fills us with hope when we sit in fear and despair. He gives us peace in all times of trouble. And when there's hate all around us, he pours his love into us. So there's so much in this world that screams, be afraid, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you don't deserve this. But I want you to hear the words of Jesus from John 16, 33. He says, take heart, I have overcome the world. So open yourself up. Let that authority of Jesus be the one power in your life that has absolute control. Listen, we are going to continue to face spiritual warfare. It's just part of our gig here on this earth. But we don't have to fall to it. Because I'm going to tell you this, whatever is gripping your soul today, whatever it is that's making you try to hide from God, <laughs> don't we all do that? You have Jesus Christ on your side. You have Jesus Christ in your corner because you have a Savior that has overcome this world. A Savior that redeems you and pulls you back when this darkness is trying to have a grip on you. And just as that spirit that day named Jesus, called him out, Holy One of God, Jesus names you. Jesus calls you his beloved. Jesus says you are forgiven. You are a child of God and you are loved. May you open your hearts and hear the words of Jesus and accept that authority so that it teaches you, it heals you, and it saves you. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, when we start talking the spiritual realm, it gets a little bit funky around here because it's not a comfortable topic. But we are spiritual beings. And you see beyond the depths of this exterior that we think it all depends on, you know, this is just a box we live in. You go right to the core. You know our hearts. You're the author of our words. You're the author of our life. And you have all power over anything that's trying to pull us away from you. So give us eyes to see this new concept or open our hearts to receive it. Open our minds to understand it more deeply. But more than anything, pour that love into our very beings 
so that we know no matter what, Lord, you are always with us. You are seeking us, you are finding us, and you are loving us. And for that, we give you thanks. In your name we pray. Amen.